A worst investment was I, I bought a property, um, a smaller property once, and I put a friend in the property, and I self-managed the property. And you and the, the mistake I made there is when they rang me up and said, Dennis, I, I, I can't pay the rent, I knew their personal situation that they were going through, and I said, okay, don't worry about it. That's okay, that's okay. And you've really got to separate yourself from regardless of who the tenant is because you've got to treat it like a business. And I wasn't experienced. I wasn't a property manager at the time. Um, so I did self-manage it and it cost me $13,500 and the bank almost weren't going to repossess that one. They were going to take my big one. They were going to take my best investment. So I was going through panic for about three months time. For three months, I... I managed to move the tenant on and sell the property before it went any further. But that could have, I could have went backwards 10 years, 15 years. Welcome to the Get Invested podcast, where we share great conversations with experts from all walks of life to uncover their secret know-how and where they invest their time, their skills and their money and the benefits that this has created. You see, the truth is that everyone invests. Every minute of every day, we're investing our time, our skills, our energy and our money something. Some of us are investing consciously, some unconsciously, sometimes for good, sometimes for bad, sometimes for no impact. Get Invested will help you to start living by design, not by default. I'm going to help you to make it happen, not let it happen. You'll hear the top tips on how you can live with conscious intent so that you can live more, work less and leave a living legacy by investing Listen to the show to discover the top tips on how to get started, make the most of your investment journey, and ultimately to be living your dream, not someone else's. More episodes can be found on iTunes or at bushymartin.com.au forward slash get invested. Thanks for listening, and now let's get invested. Hi, Freedom Fighters. If you listen to my recent Bush Bite session, You'll already appreciate how critical property management is to your success as a property investor. But I don't want you to just take my word for it. It's more important that you hear it from an industry-leading professional. So this week, we commence with part one of a part two interview with Dennis Yusuf, a proven industry professional who has achieved great things himself and is now an inspirational property management trainer and coach through his inspired growth training and BDM coaching programs. Dennis is an internationally recognised consultant who now coaches, trains, mentors and keynote presents to property managers and agents across Australia, New Zealand and the United States. And unlike many experts with a long academic pedigree, Dennis earned his stripes on the ground. His property management expertise was gained over years getting his hands dirty in the trenches of rental properties where he successfully listed 925 new property managements from an astonishing 1,077 presentations in under four years, which is a staggering 86% strike rate based on his advanced skills and his unique approach. Dennis now strives at assessing property management teams and finding the blockage in a property management office that may be stopping them from achieving their goals. And after it's fixed, It's then about continued consulting and mentoring so they can become the best in their field. The impressive lineup of clients that Dennis has consulted with and presented to include the largest conferences in Australasia, 
including realestate.com.au, the McGrath Group, First Natural, National, LJ Hooker, Harcourts, and the Real Estate Institutes of Victoria, Queensland, South Australia, and Western Australia, as well as keynote presentations to leading property management forums in the United States and many other areas. Dennis and his partners in crime train well over 200 real estate officers globally through their Inspired Growth Training Inner Circle membership platform. His focus is now helping property management officers to grow their businesses by creating superior client experiences and mentoring property managers to become market leaders in their area. So as you can hear, Dennis has a wealth of expertise and a proven track record in the challenging world of property management. So in part one of our great discussion today, you'll get to enjoy Dennis's journey that has led him to become Australia's preeminent property management trainer, including how his early days as a fruito and vacuum cleaner salesman, along with his love of music, has shaped his unique property management approach. So listen out for what he means when he says there are no emails in fruit. He unpacks his astonishing ability to break records listing rentals and how he did it, and he takes us through the trials and tribulations of his own property investment journey, including renovations, commercial property, self-managed super funds, and you'll gain a heap of lessons from all of this. He also shares his best and worst investments and his biggest mistakes along the way. And if you like what you hear and you want to find out more about Dennis and the IGT team, jump on inspiredgrowthtraining.com. And if you want to hear more from Dennis, along with all of Australia's leading property investors and independent professionals, join me and the other 120,000 plus regular listeners every week as I anchor host the country's most popular and longest running property show, which is Kevin Turner's Realty Talk. So I look forward to seeing you on channels.realty.com.au forward slash Realty Talk, where we short, which, <laughs> where we share short and sharp take home tips and tricks on all things property. And while you're there, make sure you don't miss an episode of Realty Talk by signing up on the realty.com.au homepage so that you can get every show and all of the leading property insights in your inbox every week. And if you want to start or continue investing in your knowledge, join me and many other like-minded investors in our Get Invested community right now. I send you a free and exclusive monthly email full of practical self-health and wealth wisdom that our current Freedom Fighter subscribers just can't wait to get every month. It's full of investment and lifestyle tips, my personal book recommendations, apps I use to enhance life, and a whole lot more. Just visit bushymartin.com.au and sign up at the bottom of the page, because this is just the beginning. Or if you prefer an hour of power to talk with me personally on any questions, queries or issues you'd like to discuss about your investment strategy, finance or property portfolio delivery, just jump on knowhowproperty.com.au, hit the purple book appointment button in the top right hand corner, then click on the let's zoom deep dive meeting with Bushy one hour option to book in your preferred time and for the princely sum of just 295 bucks, you can ask me anything you want for a full 60 minutes. In the meantime, enjoy part one of this great conversation with Dennis Yusuf. Hi Freedom Fighters. Now, as I've been saying for years, the one thing that makes or breaks the quality of an investor's experience revolves around the quality of the property management. And in this regard, your property manager has the longest relationship and most responsibility in the success of your property investment journey. 
And on the flip side, property managers have the most difficult job in the industry. So to delve into the critical importance of all things property management, we're joined by a recognised leader in the property management arena, who's now an international consultant, a trainer, mentor and keynote speaker globally, Dennis Yusuf from Inspire Growth Training and BDM Coach. So welcome and let's get invested, Dennis. Hi, Bushy. Thank you very much for that um, introduction and for having me here on your show. And I, I look forward to being able to feed and help yourself and anyone that, out there that's listening. I have no doubts we're going to get heaps of gold from you, mate. So um, having had the pleasure of uh, having chats in the past. So, mate, uh, for those who aren't aware of you and what you do, can you start off by giving us a rundown on who you are, what you do, and most importantly, mate, why you do what you do? Well, let's first start with I am an investor. I'm a residential investor. I'm also a commercial investor in property. That was, um, you know, bled into my veins from my dad as I was growing up as a kid. Um, I, you know, it's just a, it's like you buy and you don't sell. My dad would roll in his grave if he heard that I'd ever sold a property. Um, you know, God bless his soul. But um, yeah, so I'm a real estate trainer. I, I did real estate in a small country town called Nowra in New South Wales, which is the south coast yep. Um, yep. of New South Wales. It's a couple of hours south of Sydney. I call it God's country, Bushy. I hope I don't upset too many people, but <laughs> Google Shellhaven, Google Himes Beach is absolutely stunning down there. God's country. I, I, yeah, it's beautiful. So I, um, I, you know, I did door-to-door sales. I did um, hospitality sold Kirby vacuum cleaners. I do apologise for anyone out there that um, had one of the demonstrations because um, I, I was quite successful at that. And, and it gave me some good footings into, um, you know, negotiating and, and learning how to avoid objections, which was great. Um, I, I also own fruit markets and I fell into real estate. And by crikey, did I love being in real estate bushy. Absolutely loved it. So um, I did real estate for just under five years and I was um, very humbled to win some national awards and I thought, wow, if a small bloke like myself can win these national awards, being in real estate for a short period of time, I mean, fruit and veggies was my real background, I need to start teaching people, <laughs> you know. So I, um, I started my own company called Inspired Growth Training and um, I, you know, delved into training, you know, agencies all over Australia and New Zealand and that moved into the US as well, which was really exciting to, you know, um, get into the US market. I started organising um, my own seminars and two-day conferences and I've now got two other business partners on board with me and we're training over 365 agencies in 12 countries and we travel to nine. So it's humbling. And I've just released my own book as well. Can have you? you? Believe? So I have, yeah. So um, on, um, it's kind of like my memoirs, but it's, it's all about how to be better at what you do, how to prospect for business. And I've actually got people buying the book that aren't even in real estate. Yeah, great. Well, uh, we'll we'll talk more about that shortly. Yeah, what I'd love to do, Dennis, is to delve into uh, you know circle back into some of that background. You, you mentioned you start in in uh, the fruit and veg 
uh, area. T- talk us through that, and then, and then you mentioned that you fell into real estate. Talk about how how you actually fell. What was it that sort of enticed you to to go across that up after you tell us about your uh, fruit and veg background? Yeah, so my dad owned. Um you know, it was called Shelhaven Fruit Market on the south coast of New South Wales. We had the, the largest privately owned fruit market, um, you know, in the Illawarra region. And um, Dad was so passionate about fruit and veggie. He moved into Australia from Cyprus in 1956 and he went to the Sydney markets, that good old hay markets, and fell in love with fruit because his dad was a farmer in Cyprus. Yeah. And then he saw the quality here and he started up, a, a went and worked for a gentleman and then took over the business and I tried avoiding it but ended up being in the family business myself, <laughs> you know, as most children do. They don't want to do what their parents did, right? That's how I got into Kirby vacuum cleaners, hospitality. But fruit and veggies was, um, you know, I ended up owning my own small shop and then I ended selling it and taking over my dad's Providor business. But I, I, I want to share a quick experience for everyone here and, and you'll understand. I don't know if anyone that's listening or even yourself, Bushy, or, or, or your beautiful wife, Sonia, when you've gone into a fruit market and the fruit man reaches over and, and gives the child a strawberry or or something to eat, has that ever happened to you? Absolutely, mate. Or, or uh, shined an apple and uh, handed yep. it to, to me or, or my son. Yep, spot on, mate. Absolutely. So, well, I, I didn't understand the importance of that until my dad came to visit me in my shop at one time and, you know, strawberries were so expensive at the moment. They were really expensive and my shop was uh, a little bit busy at the time. It was, you know, around that school time, parents pick up the kids, come do the shopping and um, and there was a, a child crying in the pram, you know, probably two or three years of age and my dad reached over, opened up a punnet of strawberries and gave the kid a strawberry. I'm freaking out thinking, that cost me $5. What are you doing, Dad, you know? <laughs> and and when the shop settled down, I said, Dad, what, like, could have you not, like, picked something else? And he said, son, did you see what happened? Tell me what happened once I gave that child the strawberry. And I was processing, and I said, well, well the kid ate the strawberry, Dad. And he said, no, you've got to look deeper. The mum smiled. She got happy. Her presence, her anxiety dropped. The kid, yes, had stopped crying. But then the mother started to engage in conversation with me. She spent more time in the shop and she ended up buying more produce. She was calm. She's now got an emotional memory of coming into the fruit market, feeling calm. Her child's going to be happy and she's going to spend more money in here. And I went, bye, crikey. What a great lesson. Yeah, that's a, a lesson that could be implied to uh, all spheres of life, mate. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard you say before that, uh, you know, as a – Roll out from your life as a fruito, I think, as you as you call it uh, affectionately, that there are no emails in fruit. Tell us a True. bit about what that means, mate. Well, that that bleeds into my um, how I got into real estate. So I'll I'll jump on that. Um, we grew our fruit and vegetable business quite large, and we had some opposition, and they could never take over our business because we focused on customer service and quality. It's all we bought. We never. We let the supermarkets buy the cheap stuff. We always bought the quality and our business kept on growing. I ended up selling the business because I just couldn't refuse, you know, the money and opportunities for overseas was popping up. And I sold the business and um, my wife had just found out that we're pregnant with our third child and we were heading to America. 
we all hear about the American medical system and we'd had issues with the first two, so we didn't want to go overseas. So I had to apply for a property because I'd just leased out my home. Yeah. Just signed a two-year lease. So I went to the real estate agent and the leasing agent was not interested in helping me. They didn't know who I was. I was best friends with the business owner at the time. And basically, I rang him up and I said, mate, I've just, if you ever came into one of my fruit markets and you saw one of my staff, you know, not looking after the clients, I'd hope you'd ring me. He said, well, what are you talking about? And I said, well, this leasing agent, how does she know I'm not an investor or moving into the area for six months that I'm going to buy? Yeah. And he said, Dennis, you are an investor. You are important to me. What happened? And I said, look, you know, I basically told him that, you know, I was asking questions and I got no answers. He said, if you think you can do a better job, come do it yourself. <laughs> I was unemployed. I had, you know, no credentials behind me, no university, TAFE degrees or anything. So I thought, you know what, I, I, I will. And I did, you know, so I, I ended up joining real estate. And you just mentioned there's no emails in fruit. Well, so whenever a new coffee shop opened up or a cafe, well, that's the same thing, in restaurant or anyone opened up, I couldn't just email them and say, hey, can you buy your fruit off me? I used to go visit them. Yeah. I used to pick up the phone. I'd, I'd buy a coffee. Is the chef here who's in charge? And I'll explain to them that if they bought the quality fruit and veg off me, their clients would be happier. I did the same thing in real estate. Yes. You know, so that that's that's my my go-to line. People tend doesn't matter the industry, people hide behind an email. Bushy, if you want to get something done, sending me an email is not going to get it done. Picking up the phone gets it done, correct? Yeah, Matt, I've always said that an email is just a confirmation of a conversation you've already had. Because Perfect. If you haven't had the conversation, uh, there's certainly no relationship building that comes out of an email, mate. Uh, there's Not at all. No connection in that at all. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that's a, that's a great lesson to to learn very early. So tell us. I, I know you achieved some uh, very quick and uh, inspiring success uh, in the property management arena yourself in terms of the uh, listings that you're able to generate. Tell, tell us a little bit about that because uh, I think it'll uh, blow the hair back of a lot of the listeners, mate. Yeah, um, thank you. I, I um, So I, I started as a leasing agent, hence, um, as you know, that experience I shared earlier, and um, I absolutely loved helping, um, you know, first-time tenants or mum and dads that had to downgrade or sell a house because, you know, whether they were struggling or whatever the case was, helping them find their next home, being part of that journey with them. So as a leasing agent, I totally loved it. I really loved experiencing giving them a call, you've been approved for the property, giving them tips on how to better apply for a property so they could get it quicker. It was, it was a beautiful um, experience to be part of. And I was doing really well at that. And then I, um, I'm quite competitive. And uh, one day, it was only my second meeting in real estate, two weeks in, I said to my boss, what do you do? I do this. Nicole does all these other works. What's left to do? Mind you, I was very green in real estate. And she said she goes to people's houses and tells them how to prepare their home for rent. And I went, wow, that's really cool because I'm doing that for the tenants. But you could do that for the owners. And at the same time, you're competing against the business from the other agents because other agents are doing it. And she said, yeah, but we don't compete. And I went, yeah, you do. If there's three agents going, you, you're competing. I said, that's what I want to do. I want to go to the next level. And my boss at the time said, no, Dennis, you get rid of those vacant properties, don't worry about your job. But I found the passion. So I, I ended up after a few months becoming the listing agent 
for Integrity Real Estate. And um, I listed 925 properties in a four-year period. So I was averaging 33 properties per month. I didn't know that they were phenomenal numbers because I thought in a small country town if somebody's doing that, I was, what are they doing in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Perth, etc. you know? But it, these these were national records. And um, I still think today that nobody um, has beaten my record of how many in a month. Um, but it, it's not about me. It's, it's just I just was so good at helping people and, and getting that trust from people, educating what what I mean that sort of generically uh, covers the exercise. What what do you think were the the standouts for you in in relation to being able to achieve that? What why could you achieve that where others others couldn't? What was the difference? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, firstly, I wasn't scared to pick up the phone and ask for feedback from the people that I'd went to. A lot of people uh, they fear that rejection, but I was very open to calling. I was um, really interested in, I I used to call myself a lazy agent because I didn't want to go back to the house twice. So I used to ensure that I educated them as much as I could about the warnings about what not to do when owning an investment, what to look for. You've really got to make sure that you're picking that agent that's got the right systems and procedures in place. So I was showing and sharing and asking questions, what are your concerns about renting your home out before I even got to their home. So they were fully educated um, by the time I got to the property, and um, and people trusted that. And I was sending them articles to read. I was really educating them um, prior to it because I really cared. I really wanted the people not to make the mistake and go with the agent down the road. Key points is just helping people, and people really feel that. They sense that in you. Yeah, totally. That, that level of personal care and genuine care that... Uh is almost a rarity these days. Uh, Dennis, why is that, do you think? Uh, because people are so self-focused, I suppose. Um, they always look out what's best for them. I mean, this is obviously generally speaking here. Um, a lot of people uh, are just about the numbers. Um, but when you're dealing in property um, and property management, property management will never be released by an application. There's too many people involved. There's, for an example... You've got the landlord, it's a person. You've got the tenant, it's a person. You've got the property manager, it's a person. You've got tradespeople, they're all people. There's people involved. Even the transaction, you've got, you know, mortgage brokers. It's people that you've got to deal with, you know. People don't make a choice on a home loan based on the fee. They make decisions based on who they trust the most. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in real estate, it's the same. Yeah, spot on, mate, spot on. So tell us, uh, sort of circling around that background of yours, I'm looking at you know, how it sort of influenced you moving forward. I know from uh, a, a note that you sent me earlier that uh, you're a bit of a drumming sensation too, mate, at one stage. Tell us about that. Uh, yes, I, um, I am. I'm um, a percussionist. I, I love drums. And I was um, <laughs> at school, I was also in the Army Cadets. I was the first person to be the Australian lead drummer three years in a row. Um, played at the Entertainment Centre in front of, you know, Prime Minister of Australia and all of the delegates, which was a, a bit of a, um, a humbling thing. And I, um, I can't read music. I, it's all off memory. <laughs> if, if they knew that at the time, <laughs> I would just hear a song once and then I'd be able to play it and I'd be fine. And um, 
I love drums. I just love the the, the music. I don't listen to words too often, which is a bit of a, a downfall. But I love music. It's just um, yeah. And I've played in bands in front of hundreds of people, and it's all off memory. Yeah, love it, mate. Because uh, I'm a bit of a closet muso myself, uh, Dennis. Uh, having and in fact, I played played drums for many years myself. Actually, uh, yeah. Not doing it at the moment. My son's a way better percussionist than I ever was and ever will be. But uh, you're right. There's just something about music that gets under the skin. Uh, yeah. And it, uh, do you still um, still uh, tap the skins, mate? Or uh... um, I, I promised myself at the beginning of the year that I would buy a, a drum set again, that I was going to do it this year. But obviously with all the pandemics and things, and you know what, that's just an excuse, right? But um, I, my hands are, are, are very... Um, custom to tapping the the, um, the drums around, but I am going to get back into it again. It's something that is, you know, that I'm quite passionate about. You know, music is one of those things, um, Bushy, that if you're in a bad mood, stop what you're doing and sometimes just turn on some music just to get you back into a vibe. There's various ways of doing it. I, I teach my clients about, you know what, sometimes just sh- turn the phone off, drop the laptop down, go for a walk, put some music on, put a good podcast on and reset the mind. Go to the gym, go to the bush for a walk, go to the beach, you know. But music is that common thing that um, I listen to. I I actually have one keynote presentation that I'm actually doing in the US um, later next year. It's about removing toxic people from your life Um, so you can, you know, better yourself. And I actually have a song that I need to get played before I, I um, go on stage for that particular keynote because it's a bit of a heart-wrencher. It, it gets people crying. Love it. Uh, I share those experiences within my life in removing people from my life so I could better move forward. It, it brings up a quote that, that I'm happy to share. You know, if you want to kill a big dream, tell it to small-minded people, and that's by Steve Harvey. And sadly, I had to remove those small-minded people from my life so I could take those big dreams. And... Music is something, it's, it's We Will Rock You by Queen. If I was ever going to somebody's house and I wasn't in that right mindset for, for business, I would have that song on. So music is such an important factor. We don't realise the release that we do get from it. Yeah, oh, mate, I'm right with you. I uh, often uh, will just chuck on a, a, a favourite piece of my uh, music and dance around the kitchen because uh, it just totally reframes my uh, outlook and, and the energy level yeah. it's just a uh, a mood modifier like you wouldn't believe mate so uh, now i love your thoughts on that um tell us a bit about your own uh, property investment journey then i know you're an active investor as you mentioned from the outset uh, talk us through your property investment journey uh, uh, from the first property why property firstly uh, yep. what, what did you do and then talk us through how, how you've built a and what's your portfolio look like over time and and talk us through the strategy you had, the decisions you made and the lessons you've learned? Well, um, as I said earlier, my dad taught me to buy and not sell. So, you know, the portfolio for me started um, when I was um, 19 years of age and that was the first property that I'd moved into. Um, You know, and dad said, son, just work on, don't buy the best house in the street, you know, you know, you, you've got to work your way up to it. Take your time. So I, I bought um, one of the worst houses in the street. 
<laughs> and, you know, I lived in it for two and a half years. We did it up. We um, painted it, put new carpet in it. Um, I didn't do the expensive renos of the bathroom or the kitchen, you know, but we just did the basics, two and a half years. And then um, I sold I, – I, I actually did sell that property and I used the capital gain, the, the um, excess – to upgrade so then I could move into because I needed upgrade because my first child uh, my first child was coming yeah so once we did that um, I then kept the next property we did the same thing we put an extension on it put an extra bathroom in it turned it into a five-bedroom home and then I kept that particular property and um, and then bought another one so I was always using the equity of the home that's something that my dad taught me all the time you know, using the extra income from the rents plus the extra value over time. And it was always, uh, the tenant was always being able to help me pay the rent. And then dad put me onto a very smart accountant that specialized in investments, not just someone that did the figures for you, um, that um, always kept me up to date on new um, you know, reforms that was occurring that was going to benefit investors, etc. There was a stage when um, I had to sell property as well yep. to move forward as the family grew. Yep. You know? um, and that's, that's how it went. I was fortunate, Bushy, to inherit a commercial property. Okay. You know, um, God forbid I'd prefer if my father was still alive, but uh, I did... But then I I did the same with that. I utilised the equity of those properties to buy um, another commercial property. And Bushy, I also um, self-managed Superfund at an early age um, when I only had $14,000 in the bank in, into a super. The, my accountant at the time said, you know, you don't have enough to do it. And I said, I don't care. I want to do it. So I did it. And I used the self-funded super to buy blocks of land. And the blocks of land, I would just um, on sell and buy another one and use the capital of that to grow my superannuation. Love it. Love it. So if you sort of look back on the portfolio that you've built over the years, uh, what's been your worst investment and what's been your best and, and why in both cases? Um, the, be- the best investment for me was um, actually it's the last house that I sold um, because, you know, we're in a pandemic and the market hit. I actually just had the highest selling property. I've recognised uh, I was just about to approve a tenant and I'm always watching the market, being in the industry, et cetera. And um, the sales agent rang me up and said, Dennis, you, you've got a five-bedroom home and it's empty and there's no five-bedroom homes on the market at the moment. And I said, listen, don't give me a sales pitch. <laughs> you know, I've heard it all before. And they said, Dennis, I'm not giving it to you. Go and have a quick search. And then they said, what do you want to sell it for? I said, no, no, you rang me. You tell me what I'm going to sell it for. Yeah. And we put it, you know, interests off. And we sold it for a, a, a probably 150000 over. Awesome. Um, so that was a very, very successful thing. Now, the mistake, Bushy, then my biggest mistake is I didn't buy something straight away because yeah. guess what's happened? The market's jumped. So the value, that extra income that's earned is now sitting um, into a bank account. Uh, so I'm now waiting for that 10 to 15% drop before I can get back in the market again <laughs> to replace that income, right? So it's, yeah. uh, it's in that. So the, my lesson's in the same one. You've, you've really got to buy back again. 
Yeah, it's spot yeah, on. Spot on. on. Uh, if we look at the, the worst investment apart from that one, what, what would that be and why? Um, a worst investment was I, I bought a property, um, a smaller property once, and I put a friend in the property and I self-managed the property. And you and the, the mistake I made there is when they rang me up and said, Dennis, I, I, I can't pay the rent. I knew their personal situation that they were going through. And I said, okay, don't worry about it. That's okay. That's okay. And you've really got to separate yourself from regardless of who the tenant is because you've got to treat it like a business. And I wasn't experienced. I wasn't a property manager at the time. Um, so I did self-manage it and it cost me $13,500 and the bank almost weren't going to repossess that one. They were going to take my big one. They were going to take my best investment because, you know, they don't care. They don't necessarily look at the, um, the, the one that's suffering. They look at what they can sell easiest. So I was going through panic for about three months time for three months. I, I managed to move the tenant on and sell the property before it went any further. But that could have, I could have went back with 10 years, 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, there's a bunch of stuff in there. Uh, self-managing, putting a friend in uh, that there's big red lights flashing. Yeah. Uh, when I it hear is. those, and it's probably a, a really good segue into, uh, you know, want to have a, a great deep dive conversation re- with you around the whole world of property management. Uh, what sort of slipping into that? What are the biggest mistakes that uh, you believe people make around managing their property, Dennis? Oh, self-managing by crikey is is the one of the biggest mistakes I see. And and look, there there are some successful ones. We successfully did manage our own properties for a long period of time um, until we got burnt. You know, and we realised it's not about the fee that you're paying, but it's about how much a property manager, whether it's commercial or residential can save you in money, um, you know, because they consistently put the rent increases up. They understand, you know, the importance of smoke alarms or whatever the case is to protect you. We had a fire and we were covered, thankfully, because we had the the commercial smoke alarm system put through, which we wouldn't have done, you know. Um, and just knowing that peace of mind it's really important. And just quickly back on that other property, I actually bought the property for the tenant. So that was a massive mistake as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, so there's a, a lot of, you know, reasonings behind that. But um, the biggest mistake I see is people not going in prepared, understanding that tenants don't always pay the rent. It's really important to pick the right agency. Um, you know, don't go for the cheapest agency either make sure that you've got one that's um that's trained continually trained and up to date on systems hi freedom fighters we're going to break part one of dennis's great conversation here so now that you've got to know dennis and his highly credentialed property management background listen out for next week's concluding part two of our great conversation where he jumps into the nitty-gritties of property management and gives a wealth of tips and tricks and things to watch out for that will make or break your success with your future property managements. So enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll get invested together again soon. To get a summary of all this investment gold in the show notes, just email me on hello at khgroup.com.
khgroup.com.au. That's H-E-L-L-O at khgroup.com.au. Or check us out at www.bushymartin.com.au forward slash get invested. I look forward to joining you next week for another episode of the Get Invested podcast. So thanks for listening. And as always, dream as if you live forever and live as if you'll die forever.